Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, are you? Yeah, I'm Robert. Robert, wait. Just, what? Fuck you. <laughs> um, you really started? Uh, yeah. I don't believe you. I said I'm starting. It's <laughs> I'm just. Are we? No, we're not rolling. Are we, we were. We were, but I'll stop. Leave it. it. No, leave that in. <laughs> People like that. All right. Is, are you recording? Yeah, now? I'm rolling. Oh, we, all right. So, um, ow! I don't hear any music. What it's the fuck? Already, it's already over the music. And the music ended? Yeah. The music played. Yeah, it's already and done. It ended. And yeah. so, wouldn't it, be nice, wouldn't it be nice if you tell your temporary partner I did. to cue and say the music started, Ira, while I'm reviewing my notes and getting organized to make you look good? <laughs> Here, buddy, this packet is for you. <laughs> well, we, let's start over. Are we really, Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. But you're not going to delete what you already recorded, or are we? Oh, yeah. Do you think I would let something like that fly? I don't know, but let's just start talking. <laughs> This is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast. Oh, and I'm Ira. Uh, yeah. Now, this is Anti-Wave. This is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. <laughs> A podcast that puts professionalism above everything else. <laughs> well, that's about the podcast. It's not about the movie. Yes, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. Don't you have a clever... No, no that is that, your... That's lead, my that's clever your, twist. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. real good, Robert, because the movie we're discussing this week is... Don't look up. And how that ties into the professionalism thing, I don't see a link there, but fuck it. It's oh, okay. they're very professional. Yeah. 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 And our top five. How about this? How about well, this? Okay, okay. A podcast that always goes to the Ivy League to get the answers. I kind of like the other one more. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's real good, Robert. And the reason you're saying that is because, oh, this, oh, we already said that. And our top This five. might be the worst show we've ever done. <laughs> and our top five this week. We had week. such a good episode last week. I know, week. I know. That was and a killer this might one. be the worst one ever. Maybe we should start ever. over. Do you want to? Do you? It's too late now. Too late now. Or, hey, yeah. and our top five this week is... Top five Meryl Streep movies. You said that with such feeling. and Top yeah. five Meryl Streep movies. Oh, yeah. You know what? If we could pull this, this episode off to actually be a good one. You know, if I, we got it out of the gate really rough here, right? Yeah, I know. Oh my this is like one of those horse races where you see like the the, yeah. the gates fly open yeah. and the horse is still like you know just looking down at the ground, kind of kicking its feet. All the other horses are just galloping away. But what if we won the race? What if we turn out? I love your metaphors. An excellent, excellent episode. Well, we'd have to start all over. We want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Too late now. But no, I'm ready. It'd be incredible. Yeah. Okay. I'm on my horse. I'm I'm can doing a canter. And is, are I'm you on galloping. your high horse? I'm in a galloping. Oh yeah, I feel it. I see the finish line. It's coming closer. What listeners don't get is <laughs> the visual of Ira actually, actually jumping actually, up and down. He's, yeah, he's like kind of about a horse. Whoa! You look oh. like you're sitting on one of those dildo machines. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> our top five this week is uh, top five Meryl Streep movies. Yes, it is. What was yeah. our top five last week? Oh, what? Oh, well, we're not. Doing what, what was our top yeah, five? Last I week? don't know. You what know was, what? It, wait, oh, I know what it what was. What was it? No, they weren't tiny movies. It was, um, what was last week, buddy? Last week was top five money shots. That's right. And for any movie ever. Mm -hmm. So we welcome feedback from our listeners. Yeah. So we should point out that yes. we are recording this yes. episode right after we recorded last week's episodes. So we're kind of doing a double up. And so we haven't had, uh, we haven't had a time. For that episode to air and get feedback from right, people. Right, right. So even though we did do money shots in the last week's episode, we'll 
reveal what our listeners thought about that next week. Right. So next week we'll share those. So we still welcome the feedback. I think we're still kind of, uh, you know, recovering from this like four week long break that we've had. Really? Well, we're still kind of getting back oh, in the I'm swing of things. There. I think that's the fact that we're doing two in one day. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, no, you're saying about the four-week break. Which is it? I think we're recovering. We're, we're still reco- trying to still figure recovering? out. I'm fine. Well, I, I did have the COVID. <laughs> you had, you had I like, the I love the putting the word the in front of it. I had the COVID. Well, it's also, it's been complicated by the idea that we, we had four weeks off. Right. Then we came back. Then we did this really unusual episode that was like, all right, record half of it then right. watch a movie go away for a week listen to another podcast come my back brain's and... exploding yeah so we're trying to get back on track yeah and i think we're doing a pretty good job who are you no no <laughs> but this week we're going to talk about don't look up but before we do that we should uh maybe just uh talk about one thing or maybe two twos yeah. You mean like ones or twos? Yeah, one one or two, Jesus. one thing or two. Yeah, or three or four. But you know, it's talking about ones I like or the twos. twos. I like twos. the twos. Twos is good. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Mm. You know what? Talking about twos, it's time for In the News. Mm. Flawless. I could do better. <clears throat> hey, I got You one. know what? Uh, maybe one thing or uh, maybe two. You said so, you could do better. Let's no, see. but you see, you have to lead me. When you say two. And then you, you, say, you kick it back and you say two. Two? Yeah. I well, like that's good. Two. And I need you to. to yeah. yeah. Two? Yeah. I don't like threes or fours. I just like twos. Two, two, that's good. Put the gun down, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Richard? I didn't kill put my down, wife. Put down the gun. I don't care. I wasn't feeling it. Let's do it again. Yeah, okay. Hey, are you familiar mm-hmm. with an actress Named Anna de Armand. I am. Are you? Yes. Do you know what happened? Yeah. She, Dude, by the way, hey, she's a little. She something. is. She's I a know. saucy I number. Let me tell you. you know, she was in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. She, I guess the sequel. Most obviously the yeah. sequel, not the first one. I know that. Like she was a zygote in the first one. Came yes. Out. Yeah. <laughs> she was actually. They filmed footage of her in the movie yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was included in the trailer. She was in the trailer, mm-hmm. but then. Then the powers that be decided it's more pure for our hero to not have a love triangle thing going, mm-hmm. and he should be focused on that one girl, Lily. I think her name is that oh, actress. I you know who I remember? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and they got rid of Anna, but she's in the trailer. A few people, two people, rented the movie on Amazon Prime, and they paid the three dollars and ninety nine cents. They are fucking suing the production company. Because they were misled. They were misinformed. It was false advertising. And I want to say something. At first, yeah. I laughed when you sent me that. And I think I texted you back. There's, they're suing the production company. Uh, they're suing Universal for $5 million. But a part this of it... This has got to be class action, right? Yeah, yeah. Then they said it's a class action lawsuit. And I laughed. But I uh, thought... Because if this is just like one or two people that's suing, they paid $4 and they're suing for $5 million. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck are the damages? And I laughed at this, but then there's the other side that kicked and said, well, I can kind of appreciate it. I can kind of appreciate it. No, I'm going to assume that Anna's name is not listed on the cast. You know, when you go to Amazon Prime. I d- no, that's, a good, that's a good question. That really is a good question. Oh, I'll find out. I'm going to assume it's not because she's not in the film. Mm-hmm. She was removed from the film. Well, do you know that it was Amazon Prime? Yes, 
It was Amazon it was Prime. The article, yes, it was the Amazon Prime. They rented the movie for three dollars and ninety nine cents. Two people. They were pissed. They were disappointed, and they're suing Universal for Wait, five million dollars. Now you're saying two people is. again? Yeah, it was two. It's a class action suit, but two people are filing the lawsuit. Oh, I see. They're, they're the, the lead case. Yeah, they're the lead. I see. Right. And again, it was for the movie Yesterday, of which she does not appear. I'm going to assume that if you Google the movie Yesterday, her name is not there. It can't be because she was removed from the movie. Anna. It was Lily James. You were right. Uh, yes, I knew her. I like her mouth. Yeah, her. I don't see her yeah, name Yeah, it wouldn't be there. She's not yeah. in the movie. Right, right. Yeah. And you know what, Robert? I can, If her name was in the credits, obviously, I get that. And I can appreciate the false advertising. She's not in the movie. But the, she was in the trailer. So I kind of found myself smiling and saying, yeah, go for it, kids. Good for you. It's still kind of I'm ludicrous. not sure how I feel about this because, yeah. okay, well, wait a minute. Yeah. What about these movies? We see this all the time where you get some big name celebrity. We saw it recently with Mel Gibson in that one movie. I can't even remember the name. I've already forgotten about it. Dangerous. Dangerous. Thank you. What a horrible. And you know why I knew Dangerous? Because I was actually playfully going to include that last week when we did our top five money shots of all time. (laughs) And I was going to mess with you and say, Mel Gibson is the therapist on the phone. An absurd moment in in film history, and that's why I knew the name Dangerous. Other than that, I wouldn't have known it. Well, that whole movie was built off of of Mel Gibson, his participation within the movie. Well, he's in the movie, yeah. He is in the movie, yeah. but he's not really in the movie, right? He's... (laughs) He filmed a couple shots. He was down for one or two days. No right. more than two days. Maybe I, even if, one. If they had him for three days, no, that, yeah. then uh, he, he's he got to be shooting his agent going, you know, why the fuck did you have me there? That he long? didn't interact with any of the characters. Right. He was in his therapy office by his desk talking on the phone. I think that was kind of it, right? That was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You knock that out in a day yeah. for sure. So you're saying by the same argument, by projection, people think they're going to see a Mel Gibson movie. Right. And it's not a Mel Gibson movie, although he is in it. Now, but we've seen this in other... Laura Linney, we mentioned... That's in, a good one. That's in, a good example. In uh, uh, Nocturnal, Nocturnal Animals. Animals. Laura Linney is in the movie one for scene. one scene. It's like three and a half minutes. It's wonderful, but it's like a three and a half minute scene. So is it a Laura Linney film? Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Right. And here's the other thing. What if we reverse the situation? What about people... Uh, okay, Bruce Willis's name is not in the credits for Pulp Fiction. And when you watch all the names that are coming <laughs> across and you don't know Bruce Willis is in it, then he pops up. He's got a significant role in the movie. So you feel like a victim. Well, uh, I no. didn't buy this yeah. movie. By the way, why, why is your name on... in the credit? It was supposed to be a surprise. It was a surprise. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So that's interesting how you turned it inside out the other way. I didn't it. I yeah. didn't rent a, a Bruce Willis movie. I hate Bruce Willis. I don't want to see Bruce Willis on my screen at I home. find that distasteful. I'm going to need therapy now because he's in a movie. I don't well, want to see his face. Honestly, going back to Mel Gibson, yeah. I think there are people you that are actively are Actually, like you're right. You're right. They, you know, find him to be anti-Semitic. So anything that he's in, they boycott. Could you imagine if it didn't say if Mel Gibson's name and he just shows up? Yeah, and he's the star. He's the lead. Would you then sue? Would you have a class action lawsuit because they didn't list all of the people who are in the movie? Yeah, because it like did damage to you mentally. Fuck off! Yeah, I know. But with this example, I, I, at first I thought it was then I smiled. It's still silly, isn't it? But they were expecting to see Anna. They have a thing for her. She was in the trailer. She wasn't in the movie. 
so they have a fileless class. They must have a lawsuit. real thing for her that they didn't <laughs> research so. this before renting the movie. Because they rented it for, I have for $3.99. such a hard-on for Anna. Uh, I love everything she, she's in. I can't wait to see yeah, her. Yeah. And then they don't even see it in the theater. They have to wait till it comes out on Amazon Prime Video, and they go, she's not in the movie? Yeah, I'm going to sue Universal. We spent $3.99 for well, rental. Wouldn't you just ask Amazon to refund your money and be like, hey, yo, she ain't in this thing. Yeah, but there's, it's affecting other people, not just them. Oh, brother. False advertising. Drive Misled. did this. Misled. Drive. The people who watched the movie Drive yeah. sued unsuccessfully, but they did sue uh, because the trailer made the movie seem like a big action thriller. And then it was like uh, this internal drama that was didn't have as, nearly right. as much action. Man, I, you talk about the Rocco meter. I've never seen a movie fall so fast from being fantastic. When I first saw Drive, I was like, that movie's incredible. It's great. I went back to see it a second time and went, what the fuck did I just watch? What this specific elements were lacking have you seen it? Have no. you seen Drive? No. I don't like movies. <laughs> that movie does not hang well together. And if I if I tell you the problems with it now, mm -hmm. I, I think that when you saw it, it, this would be a fun little experiment. I would almost tell you you need to go watch the movie first because I, it, it's all style. It's all style over substance. And when you watch the movie the first time, you're, you're just taken back with the style and the 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 music and just everything kind of fits this vibe and it's like yeah yeah and it's got all the pieces there but then when you ask yourself what was the what was the movie about why did the character do these things you're going yeah why did the character do those things it makes no sense mm. the character had like five different jobs but he was hard up for money and it, it it wasn't making sense and he was supposed to be the best getaway driver around for all of these criminal activities and he was also he worked as a mechanic. He was also a race car driver, and he was a stunt driver in in movies. That's four different high paying jobs. I mean, maybe not a mechanic, but I mean that's you could make ends meet on a on a mechanic salary. He did all of those things as a job, and yet he was broke. That was a, a thing. He didn't have any money. So the first time, uh, what you ignored that all that of that. A, it didn't matter. But on the second viewing, by the way. Have we ever done as a top five movies that are disappointing on the second viewing? No. Interesting. That, but that's my number one. You'd put that ahead of The Rock? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good mm -hmm. you, you might have, well, you might have well. just uncovered something. Hmm. That's an interesting top five, isn't it? Let's keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably forget it. <laughs> I know. We will. I know. I know. You should make a note of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm writing. If you it make down. a note of it, we might actually remember it. Yeah, I'm writing it down now. No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else is in the news? Anything else? No, that's all I got. So poor Anna. So that uh, it was out of the lawsuit. Wouldn't that be funny if they win, and they become multi-millionaires? I could see them getting their money back. <laughs> Three dollars ninety-nine cents. Yeah, I think you have an argument there. Yeah. Be like, eh, yeah. here's your money back. Class action. Whatever. Good. But at the same time, who really is doing that? Is are there really people out there that are going? I don't want to watch this movie, but Anna is in it, and I want to see Anna. Look, it's obviously kids. I don't know how old these people are, but they're just fucking with the system. Yeah. They thought about this. They said, let's just go for it, man. Yeah. Let's just fight. Anybody can sue anybody, as you know. Yeah. So they did that, and they're getting a little bit of publicity. But I mean, we, we 
we don't talk enough about tort reform in this country. If we mm. did, if we yeah. if we shifted to a loser yeah. pays yeah. system, loser pays system, then they wouldn't have done it. Yeah, you think and about that, this. That would like, also get rid of seventy two percent of all the cases. Right. Yep. Okay. What did you see this yep. week? Ah, summer old, summer new. We now present the week in review. Huh? That was good. Yeah, that was nice. Good. I said, nice, I said nice. that with feeling. All right, who's going to go first? Uh, actually, before we do that, I want to tell you this is brought to you by avgearguy.com. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm supposed That's to say okay. who's it. sponsoring this particular segment. I already did that. Oh, you did? avgearguy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring all of your non-digital media into digital media. This is all of your old home movies, your old slides, your old uh, negatives. You send those over to avgearguy.com. It'll transfer them for you, and then you can set them up on the interweb. And you can send them to Grandma and Grandpa and uh, show them pictures of you in your birthday suit from long, long ago. He's a great guy, and he's got state-of-the-art equipment. He's extremely reasonably priced, less expensive than Costco. We're both clients of his. If you mention our podcast, Andy Wave, he'll give you a 5% discount. Prices that are quoted on his website, avgearguy.com. I'll go first. Uh, I, okay. I got to tell you, I, I didn't watch too many movies recently. I've been watching a couple of TV shows, and there are... There's a few things that I want to talk about. First of all, uh, I'll tell you the, the quickly. I'll, I'll tell you some of the movies that I, I saw. Uh, I, I put on Ferris Bueller's Day Off with uh, with the daughter. That was her first time watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. And I got to tell you, you know, Louis Anderson is in that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I I, th I think she liked it, but I don't think she loved it. And I think part of it is because a lot of it is uh, well, she's two, right? So. I don't think it translates as well to it's it's a it's an experience movie. You have to have gone to school, mm. especially high school, to have really appreciate some of what they're doing. The idea of I'm gonna I'm gonna play sick. Why would a two year old need to play sick? Right? She hasn't gone to school. She hasn't had those experiences yet. Right. So I don't think that translates. Whereas, you know, I, I mentioned before that she wanted to watch The Road Warrior, and we watched The Road Warrior. She was fascinated. And I think it's because you can easily tell who the good guys and bad guys are. It's very like those are bad guys. They're chasing these guys. Yeah. And it's much easier to understand on a, on a more primitive level. That's so interesting because I've asked you before if she's just enjoying the shadows, the lights, the colors, the music. But she's actually tracking story depending on the film. Right. And you know, when Edward Rooney comes in as the, the, uh, the principal... She doesn't know that's the bad guy. She doesn't. What is? I, she, I think she was just kind of like, I yeah. don't know, something's happening, but I don't really get it. Actually, is Andy Rooney the principal, the bad guy? Yeah. No. He breaks into their house. Well, he was frustrated at first. <laughs> he was frustrated. The guy was playing hooky. You know what I mean? But was he trying to uphold the? Are you noble defending sanctity? the 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 character played by the pedophile? Uh, oh, it's in real life. Oh yeah. Oh well, now he's really my hero. <laughs> so I did see that. I did see. Uh, we did the same thing with Indiana Jones: and The Last Crusade. That worked a little bit better. Where there was a little. You are so, she's not even three years old yet. Yeah, and you're showing her these movies. I yeah, love of it. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted. Not, I want to take a couple of things that I I watched that were not. I, I didn't watch it with Madeline. Uh, I just kind of watched these on my own. I think I've mentioned to you before the mystery of Oak Island. If I, do you remember any of this? Do you remember me telling you about this? Well, yeah. That's a no. 
So <laughs> the mystery of Oak Island Wait, is Wait, this a, isn't Cocaine Island. No, no. No, no. That's, that's Cocaine Island. Yeah. No, the mystery of Oak Island is a TV show, and it's a documentary TV show that... When I was in fifth grade, I read this book about Oak Island, and it just stuck with me. And every few years, I would research something about it. I'd just type into what's going on with this thing. And come to find out a few years ago, I looked it up, and they were making a TV show about these two brothers uh, that were millionaires from Michigan that basically bought up part of the island. And they're they're trying to figure out where this treasure is that's on this island. So back in the 1700s, they they dug down in, into this hole that they had found on the island, and there were these boards every like 10 feet. They would find these different boards, and they kept going deeper and deeper and deeper. And when they got to like the 90 foot mark or something, it started filling up with water. And they knew there were more boards down there, but they couldn't get down, and, and the shaft started kind of caving in. And ever since then, people have been trying to go back to this island and dig this treasure up. And people have been, I mean, just ripping apart this ground to get into it, but they can't get down there. And it keeps flooding. And and so I watched the first four or five seasons a few years ago and liked it. But it was all, it's all, it's on the History Channel. The first few seasons were very like... um it was kind of conspiratorial in the way that a lot of the History Channel documentaries are. I don't know if you've ever watched History Channel, but it's a lot of, like, aliens came down and helped design the pyramids. It's a lot of that kind of stuff. And, like, big fo- – it, it's that's not the kind of history that I like. So I stopped watching History Channel because of it. Right. I, I like the it's old – sensationalism. Right. I like the old black and white. Uh, yeah. Here's a documentary about Hitler narrated by some British guy right, right. that puts you right to sleep. I, I like that stuff. <laughs> so this was – was steering more into yeah. that not the the alien kind of stuff because yeah. it was like uh, it was like well who put this treasure here and it was like the knights templar uh you know came over here and didn't it's like all right what the fuck are knights templar they're not coming over here in like the 1200s and doing this shit so after about the as fourth, far as you know well yeah so after about the fourth or fifth season i was interested in it but it kind of got repetitive and kind of boring they were trying to find stuff but they couldn't really find anything and occasionally they might use a metal detector and find a coin that was you know from 1843 and be like wow and i'm like okay there's nothing here right we're done so i just kind of looked it up recently and saw that they're on season nine and i'm going how the fuck are they on season nine this should have been canceled and i was like well let me go check it out so i started watching it well guess what you liked it the next season after i stopped watching yeah Things started happening, and it started getting crazy. There's a swamp on the – well, okay. There's an area on the island where reportedly they had found something many years ago when they dug up uh, in the 70s. They got permission to basically block off the ocean so that they could do a dig, and they found all of this – these, like, man-made structures. There was, like, an old – the first thing they found was this cross that was like a, a, a like a uh, what do you call it like a necklace kind of cross and the, they it was made out of lead and they dated it they radio did whatever the spectrometer whatever and it was dated from the 1200s and mm. it looked like a a knight's templar cross 
And then they found all this stuff that was underneath the this area of the ocean that they had they had kind of walled it off. They put in a um, uh, a, a, it's not a, what's it called like a uh, a dam. There's a name for it, but it's like a basically a, a an earthen earthen dam, right, or something like that, where they block off the ocean. And they did this dig, and they found a dock that had been down there, like a basically like a all the wood was still there, and they did carbon dating on the wood, and they found that. It was built back in like the 1700s and it's starting to get more wow. and more interesting now. And they start finding all of these little things on the island. They start finding a brooch and then they start finding other jewelry. They start finding buttons. They start finding a Chinese coin from like the the eight, 800s or something. And it's going, okay, wait, this is starting to get weird. And they're finding stuff all over this island. They... Then there's a swamp, and they get permission to to because the Canadian government's now involved with all this shit, and they can't get all the permits that they want to do. They want to like just really come in here and tear it all up, but the government's like, "No, nah, you can't." They got permission to drain the swamp. They drain it, and they do this dig, and they find this <clears throat> this road that had been built, and the road had been built. I mean, well before Columbus came over, and they knew that it was built using the same methodology that like Roman roads were built. And they found like, um, they found logs. One of the ways that they knew the road was built was they found wood that was built as like cribbing underneath it. And they had done dating on that. And that was from like 1200 or something. So there were all of these artifacts that they were finding. They were going, this is European and it's here pre Columbus. And it's now becoming game changing. And they're, they start they're still drilling down in this area where they think the treasure is and they start pulling gold out of the out of the um out of the the hole and the the it's like little gold flakes and all of these things that had been like all right you're there's nothing here it's now starting to kind of turn into like there's some real shit on this island and it's getting really interesting now because I, I finally caught up uh, i've been watching all of these episodes and got caught up with season nine and i haven't quite got completely i'm in the same season that they're in now um because they're releasing new episodes but i I haven't completely caught up with all the episodes but the new problem is that the government is getting involved and making their life a living hell because as they're finding new things they're like okay you can't dig here anymore and they're like we're trying to play your game we're trying to be nice we're trying to tell you we're trying to do the right thing but the government is getting in the way they they found some clay pottery of an indigenous tribe that was in the area and I guess according to Canadian law, that tribe now has the right to come in and like take over this land from you. And like the the tribe now wants all of their documents and they want to look at and it's like they should have just never found the pottery in the first place. Right. So it, it's a really interesting show in that regard. Question. Answer. You know, I think of things different. I, go, I think different. Mm-hmm. Can all this be fabricated stuff because they knew the show was going down in ratings? So you they, could say so it. they had to juice it up. They juiced it up having talking heads, interviews with people, archaeologists saying they're all actors and the whole thing is fake. So it'll get more ratings so they can charge more for sponsorship. I think if you were caught doing that, I think your reputation is tanked. And if you're going to do that, would you really do it for nine? I mean, I think it was season four when I stopped, if, maybe five. 
You're going to do that for like four or five years? Yeah, I, yeah, but I can see him at a table reading, you know, in season four, sitting around the table. Guys, guys, we got to come up with something better. What do you got? What but do you got? I think that also means that the two guys, the two brothers that were involved from the beginning have to be phenomenal actors, and they're willing to yeah. be in on the, on the gag, and they ain't. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. Part of the, the, the really interesting part is that the, the two brothers, they don't even really talk about this very much, and it's something that I am really drawn toward. The younger brother is more successful. He's the millionaire. He's the one that's made all this money, and he, he loves his older brother, and his older brother is the one that's really obsessed with the island. And the younger brother has several – he's the one that started all the funding of it and buying the stuff – and you could tell in the first few seasons, he's like, we are wasting millions of dollars mm. here. And he's like, there's nothing here. And it's just, this is this is silly. This is stupid. What are we doing? And now they're like pulling out real treasure. And he's like, fucking A. Like, this is, this is great. But the, the relationship between the two of them of like, this money is all I have in life like it's just money like this is making my brother's dream come true and he really believes in this and he's been there for me in my life so i'm gonna be there for him and it's really kind of touching and there's this kind of it's true brotherly love and it's a really nice supportive element to the story and and it's not really what the show is about but that kind of weaves its way into a few episodes and it's it's really kind of touching so it's a cool, it's a great show. Um, I mean, it does get a bit repetitive. Each episode is kind of the same. They're always finding little artifacts, but these artifacts build up, and they're they're finding hundreds of them right. now. They brought in all this new high tech equipment, and they're just finding shit all over the island, everywhere. And I mean, stuff that's like, how the fuck did this get there? And I mean, it's starting to look like the Knights Templar came over in like mm-hmm. the twelve hundreds and. And the Illuminati. Mm. Well, and they kind of explain that too. Uh, the, not the Illuminati, but the, the the reason why the Templar came over was because they had run up such. Okay, so the, they became unfav- unfashionable, or I guess like the, the favor turned toward them in like the late 1100s, 1200s, and the French owed them a bunch of money. And so the French king, in order to not pay them back, he was like, yeah, those guys suck because everyone already kind of was bagging on them. And he's like, yeah, we hate those guys. And, and let's get, get them out of here and chasing them out because he owed them a bunch of money. And then they had all these treasures. And then they, a lot of them were killed. A lot of them were persecuted. But then some of them, they think, escaped and found this other place where they would go bury some of their treasures. And so these are the same people that, Talking about the Last Crusade, these are the same people that had like a, you know the the um, the um, the cup of Christ. You mm. know what's it called? What's it the called? Uh, um, the I know what you're talking about. Yeah, all right. The, the goblet. Yeah, thing. the goblet. Yeah, just another word for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that thing. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And, and the Ark of the Covenant, all yeah. that stuff that yeah. Indiana Jones was after. Yeah, it was the Knights of the the Knights Templar that had that. So, not to say that it's on Oak Island, but. I mean, it's just as good a theory as anything else. Right. Anyway, that's what I watched. Is that what you saw this week? That's what I saw this week. You know, Robert, never before have I enjoyed our juxtaposition as about as right right now. <laughs> Wait, you're talking, is it Debbie Does right, Dallas yeah, okay. that you, you saw? You, or was it De- t- Debbie Does Philadelphia? You're talking about a series that's that's compelling. You're talking <laughs> about a series with mystery. You're talking about a series that's yeah. 
exploring who we are, where we came from. Mm-hmm. Me, I saw Revenge of the Middle-Aged Woman. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> we well, can sum it up better Walk us through what happens in <laughs> Revenge well, of the Middle-Aged well, Woman. See, the Illuminati came into the Middle-Aged <laughs> Woman. And they, they fucked her, uh. you see? So she was really pissed. Oh. So she got the Knights of the Templar uh-huh. to, to go back and kill all the Illuminati. Uh-huh. But then we found out that every president of the United States Ooh. belonged to the secret club. Wow. Mm-hmm. The Freemasons? The Freemasons. And that goes, too, for the Ivy League colleges where they all have these secret societies mm, there. The skull society. Yes. You see, you know about yeah. all this. So that was I mean, really- no. I mean, no. <laughs> Revenge of the Middle-Aged Woman. It did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> Christina Wait, Lottie. Hold on, hold on. What? I, I'm gonna, I, I gotta look up look, the poster. And you're gonna show the poster of the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know Christine Lottie. Christine Lottie, yeah. Do I? Yes, you do. She did TV and stuff like that. She's Revenge of the middle aged middle aged woman. Mm-hmm. Cinema right, at its, it's best. It's gotta be some leggy blonde on the cover. Well, I, oh, there we yeah, go. Let me see. Let's, let's show, show uh, it. Uh, see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Thin. Christine, yeah. Christine Lonnie. Yeah, she's done a lot. She's holding a little little dust duster oh, yeah. there, like a maid, a du- she's a maid duster. She's a housekeeper. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of phallic. Also, I, well, she's also a just a metaphor mm-hmm. because she's dusting her her situation in life. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you know, okay. So that was one thing I saw. Then I saw a really peculiar movie called enti- Revenge of the Middle Ages. Enti- titled, not entitled. You taught me that. Yeah. Titled, The Sitter. Now, not the babysitter. This is just plain old sitter. With Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Do you know about this movie? I know this movie. Why would Sam Rockwell be in this stupid piece of shit? Now, the movie was 2011. I knew you were going to ask me the year. And it wasn't that long ago. And was Sam Rockwell a known commodity at this time? Jonah Hill is the sitter. And it's a goofy lark with the kids taking advantage of him. And and you're Googling it right now. The Sitter yeah. with Jonah Hill, 2011, with Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Why would Sam be in that movie? I don't know. Probably he just either a paycheck or just, just hey, you know what? I'm going to do a silly, goofy this movie. This is 2011. This was, this was I mean, he was popular ago. by was that point. Was he popular point? 11 yeah. years ago? Yeah. yeah. I like Jonah Hill. You don't like Jonah Hill? I do, but this was kind of a waste. It was a silly romp. Hmm. That's all it was. All right, one more. He was really good. Well, I mean, we're going to be talking about him I know. here in a little He's, bit. Uh, yeah. He was in, uh, what movie was it? He was in some movie. He was in War Dogs. That was great. But it, there was another movie. Maybe I'm confusing it with somebody else. Oh, I am. I'm confusing him with uh, I Seth Rogen. I get those two mixed up. Yeah. I get those two mixed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, they both were, have been in a bunch of stuff together. And, yeah. yeah they're, they're easy and they're both use. kind of frumpy. Yeah. 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 Hey. Yeah. Do you ever hear of a documentary called Screwball? Yeah. Yeah. I think you urged me to watch it. Did you it, watch you? it? I did. Of course I did. Yeah. Having to do with uh, performance enhancement drugs. And um, this, it's actually this schlubby guy who almost brings down the entire baseball league. Right. Now, that's a little bit of hyperbole, but not much. A little bit of hyperbole. And steroids. It was all about steroids loose uh, use. And this character... And he brings them down, and it was really quite a scandal. What's unique about this documentary is it's somewhat with a wink, a little bit playful, and when they recreate the scenes, it's done with kids. And you know what? 
it worked. It worked. I really can't well. tell you why. I tried to intellectualize it. I like maybe they're being childish with what they're doing. I tried to find a little bit of an IRA link, and I couldn't find one. But all I know is that it worked. Seeing kids when they recreated the scenes, it just made it fun. It made it fun. It made it tongue in cheek. It made it wink. So it deals with a very serious issue: steroids, performance enhancing drugs, and the whole scandal that went on in the baseball league. But it was told in a fun, playful way. Do you think Icarus would have been better if it had been with no. kids? No, no. It's a great question. You know, Icarus should be in a- on tricycles. Kids on tricycles. <laughs> what were we gonna say? Icarus should be in our um, in our pile of movies that we revisit oh no that'll stay up that'll hold its own don't you think oh no 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 no, no, you're not talking about i'm talking i'm talking no i'm not rocko meter i'm talking about movies that we go back after five years out of the vault yeah i would love to see that movie again i think it's been about three or four years yeah i would love to see that documentary again one of the most satisfying documentaries i've ever seen now that one i've got some strong money shots for like i think i could i could walk through that movie again you could I remember the animation and how smart it was. Yeah. And it wasn't overdone. Now, see, last week, we t- we talked about this, that idea of retaining an idea, and then right before you forget it, if you remember it again, yes. it, you get a longer duration yes. before you forget. Yes. And I think you and I have talked so much about that animation right. from that movie that it I, that's why I can't forget it. But it's, what happens if we bring it out of the vault two years from now, and Robert says... What's this movie about? No, it's about what? Bicycles? About opening up drug use to the Soviet Union? Scandal? Barred from the Olympics? What? I don't remember this movie. I thought it was about a guy and his wife, and they were like, uh, I don't know. He makes he his was wings, a- and he flies too close to the sun. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's a liar, and he's good at it, and then, I don't know, he wants to like get married to her, and then they like, I don't know, something was the good liar. Wait, what? <laughs> the good liar. Oh, the good lie. We didn't add that. Okay. At any rate, Screwball documentary, The Sitter and Revenge of a Middle-Aged Woman. That's what I saw this week. Okay. Um. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, Don't Look Up? And Robert, talk us through it. First of all, I think it's going to be really hard for me to not say up in the air. I don't know why, but I get... I, I keep wanting yeah. to say up in the air. Or just what about the movie <laughs> Up? No, yeah, or just Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I know, I know. All right, Don't you know, Look Up. 2021, it's a new film by none other than your favorite, Adam McKay. He's an agenda. He's got a narrative. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this centers on a, uh, a couple of people who are uh, scientists at, what is it, Michigan, uh, Minnesota State University? Is that where it was? Something like that. Mm. Midwest, right? They're working at a, an astronomy, they're, they're working at a telescope. They find a... An asteroid is coming for Earth, and they run the calculations. It's going to destroy everybody. We're all going to die. Right. And the movie centers on them trying to get the word out about this <coughs> this uh, disaster that's going to wipe off humanity from the face of the planet and how the American government handles that. Yeah. That's it. And it's a comedy of errors, one might say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If not errors, at least... Um, misplaced steps i guess it's a lot of bumbling idiots ineptitude yeah ineptitude right okay right right i want to preface this by saying you and i tend to agree as much as 80 percent of the time Mm -hmm. on movies we just do this time we don't 
we're gonna we're gonna differ. Well, I already tipped my hand on this movie before because I'd seen it before you did, and yes. we talked. I talked a little bit about it on the weekend review. Yeah, you did. So you should start. What, what did you think of the movie? I want to first say that I'm aware it got mixed reviews. It mm-hmm. did get mixed reviews. However, the bulk of the reviews, especially on IMDb, are like nines and tens. But every now and then there's a two, twos, mm-hmm. and so on. So it is quite mixed. I know what you're going to say, but I thought that this was a smart, biting satire. Mm. I thought it was delightful. The dialogue... Get out. Uh, hmm? Leave. Well, leave? Are you talking about the movie Get Out? No, Oh, I thought you were talking about Get Out. No. Like, that's what we're going to do next week. Oh, yeah. It was a biting satire. I thought it was clever. I thought the whole thing was done, obviously, with a wink. And I think I know you really well. And I think you're going to be critical of the agenda narrative and making fun of uh, conservatives. And I'm not sure if that's the case. First of all, I think the movie was making fun of everything. I think it was making fun of everyone. I think the movie was making fun of government in general. It was making fun of our tech devices, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Steve Jobs. It, it was making fun of, of, of every element of our society it was playful, and I think it was very clever, and the movie delivered. I obviously disagree with that. I, I think I was thinking about this when you when you suggested this as the movie that we. Yeah, I know. Review. I was trying to think about. Okay, <clears throat> let me refine why I didn't enjoy it. I don't mind making fun of of conservatives. You know, I that that's not an issue. Obviously, politically, I'm a much more conservative than most. I don't like this term, but this felt like punching down in a way. It this felt a, as if to say, we the the left leaning people understand what's going on, and people who disagree are stupid. And there, I I find that this is the problem within society is that there's not a willingness to discuss matters, and this movie. This movie is kind of like, well, there is fact. It is coming for us. We are going to die. That's it. That's, there is no further discussion that needs to happen. That's it. And then people who disagree are painted as, well, it's not really coming. Okay, so if we take that same kind of, uh, same kind of concept and apply it to coronavirus, I think people would read, read into this as if there's a group of people saying, coronavirus is killing people. And then other people are going, there's no coronavirus. That's not the dialogue that's happening. Everyone agrees that coronavirus exists. And the problem is that many people on the left are are saying coronavirus is deadly. There are people who are on the other side saying it's not as deadly as you're making it out to be. Um, The left is saying masks work. The people on the right are saying, no, they don't. Not in the way that you think that they do. Vaccines work. No, they don't. Not in the way that you think that they do. And we're starting to find out that the middle ground is much more likely. And I think that's the problem with this is, to me, it's dangerous. It's implying if you don't believe the science, whatever the science is, as if science is always fact. Science is a process. Science is a way to find out information. And I've said on this podcast before, when people say trust the science, I don't trust the scientist. And that's the, the, the problem that I have with this movie is that 
they're making it out to seem that the the people who don't follow the oh the comet is up there they're all idiots who belong in like a what's that idiocracy that that mm-hmm. movie yeah it's like everyone belongs there like they're they're all uh, I, uh, retarded in that sense you know I, I don't mean that i mean like they don't function in that in that capacity i think you're reading too much into it i don't think i am uh, i think you're reading i want to say that as far as making fun of it was not just concern is making fun of capitalism and trump climate change deniers social media washington tech moguls and trump it was making fun of all those things it was but it was it was it was the social media stuff was uh, that was i mean yeah it so happened. it wasn't just it wasn't just that now the movie's been criticized for being smug that's what i mean that's where you're going i know that it's smug i found it to be a biting satire with with at times brilliant dialogue i really liked leonardo dicaprio oh I'm, i didn't oh my god robert no He's I'm, so bad. No, I'm not a fan of his. You know that. Yeah. I'm, I found I find him to be a round, pudgy man, and it bothers me that he's fucking a lot of 19-year-old models because I'm jealous. Okay, that's a whole other point. But I never got him and understood his popularity. There are some people out there, and I mm-hmm. don't understand why they're so famous and winning all these accolades and awards and so on. He's one of them. However, in this movie, mm-hmm. I've never seen him. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm going to lump there and go along with Jennifer Lawrence. I didn't know that was her. I didn't know that was her for the first 20 minutes. Like, is that because I kept, is that Jennifer Lawrence? She became somebody else. I thought she was terrific in this movie. She was okay. She was pretty good. But I didn't mind her. But we on Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh. <laughs> he I always thought, plays the same. No, he doesn't. Not in this movie. Oh, man. I mean, I've seen, Mar, what, not Mar, he Mar was good in Marvin's Room, but uh, I was trying to say, what's eating Gilbert's grape? Oh, he was wonderful. It's what's the best thing he's Gil- ever done. What's eating Gilbert grape? Oh, he was incredible. Amazing. And I think that's Remember probably the water the, tower. That was probably the last that, time that he was really, really that good. water tower. He was brilliant in that film. Absolutely. But with this movie, I was waiting for him to have his scream and be well, he angry did. moment. And he did. And he did. Yeah. I'm mad as hell. It was the mad as hell. And speech. the other thing too, like this movie made him out to be like, Oh, he's so cute. He's such a stud. He's not. Yeah. He's not. Well, he, no. And I really think, Oh, you're right, because the newscaster wanted to fuck him. Right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wanted to fuck yeah, him. You're right. You're right. And and I was looking at this no. movie. If you paused it, if I if I pulled somebody who didn't know who Leonardo DiCaprio was, right? Take take away all his celebrity, and let's say that he truly is an astronomy professor from somewhere in the Midwest, and I showed you this guy, you would not go. I've got to fuck him. Right, right. Well, it's just the newscaster, wasn't it? Isn't no, it? I think there were people that were... He was him. like the hot guy. I know, I know. And you know how I feel about that. And he is pudgy. Even in the Tarantino thing, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he made fun of his double chin. Mm-hmm. The character did that. And he's aware of the double chin and so on. He's a pudgy man. Absolutely. He does not have matinee idol looks. He just doesn't. Um, yeah, I didn't buy it too I actually think newscaster. he could. He's just put on so much weight. Yeah, I know, I know. So I did not buy He's it. Turning into Brando, yeah, you're right. And much the like horror. Brando, he he, I think does have chops. I think the movie The Beach, he was okay in The Beach. That that was okay. He could, he can act. I just don't think he does it. I thought he was very good in this movie, and Jennifer Lawrence. 
And of course, here's Meryl, my problem. And, and this is kind of what I'm saying. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep was I, great. I couldn't take my eyes off her. No, she was every great. time she was in the movie a whole lot, but every time she was in it, I my I just I inhale her. Here's my problem too, and I, I think I might have mentioned this earlier. She played the like president. We should say. Go ahead. When when we're supposed to be on the side of Jennifer Lawrence and and Leonardo DiCaprio, they're frustrated with everybody's ineptitude and their inability to listen right that that and so we are supposed to uh be on their side going yes look at these people who are continuing to have this uh silly meeting in the president's oval office about their supreme court justice pick i don't read it like that i read it as why the fuck aren't you screaming? There is a comet coming. We are all going to die. You you need to barge into the office and say, "I'm not fucking around. This is for real." And I I I, I really see them as being the problems. They're not. They're they're so passive, and that was never really addressed. It was kind of like, yeah, what's wrong with the world is no one listens. Okay, but these people aren't speaking up. These people are basically when they when they finally get on television. And someone is trying to listen to them. They hem and haul their way through being able to explain their situation. I know, I know, and it almost doesn't even come out. And I'm going, "What? You've had days to yeah, practice this, yeah. And all you really need to say is, we're going no, to die.' I know he wasn't articulate. I mean, he had his opportunity, but I know. The, but the, all the blame is put on everyone yeah. else. And that's the problem that I have with it. Is it's that's why I think it seems smug. That's why it seems like it's, I I get that it's casting. Like the 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 people that we're laughing at is everyone else except for the main characters, and it seems like the main characters have have figured it out. They're enlightened. They're good, and everyone else is stupid. And I don't like that. It that's what I mean. It feels like they're punching down. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, we're great, and everyone else is just they they just don't understand. And I don't know why they. They get to have this big, like, heartfelt moment at the end when the comet finally comes, and they're like, "Okay, we've all we we are gonna just pretend that it hasn't happened, and we're all going to just die peacefully together." Well, first of all, <clears throat> they have to die because the whole movie they've been saying we're all gonna die. Well, so they have to be proven right. Oh, the movie has written itself into. One, a, into I was a wondering corner. if it went the other way. If it was gonna go the other if way. If it went the other way, then, then they're they'd the foolish. assholes. They'd be foolish. Right? right, they were. Right. Then we should have listened to Meryl Streep all along. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but here's the problem: it it then fucks itself up because who survives? <laughs> well, Meryl Streep survives. Oh, and, you did see the very, very end, yeah. didn't you? And these they go off the plane, come back, and like, well, she doesn't actually survive. Yeah, I know. But like that whole group, the elite, survive. So we should have been listening to the elite all along because now they're the ones that are repopulating humanity. Jonah Hill's character survives. You saw the very, very end. Yeah. We should say that in the credit crawl, there was one surprise in the middle of the credit crawl and one at the very end of the credit crawl, right, where Jonah Hill survives. But he's real foolish. I mean, he's not, mama, mama, you know, and he takes pictures. Oh of, it it right. seems yeah. so like. I laughed out loud. I'm sorry, but we're the first surprise, the beginning of the credit crawl with Meryl Streep when the irony that that, what was it called? The what animal tracked down force know. and that the prediction was correct, that that's how she's going to have her demise. And she was eaten by that reptile, reptile thing. Reptilian. Yeah, reptilian thing. Um, 
By the way, was that her ass? No, there was a body double. I read. You about read that. that. You read that. Yeah. yeah. And I think Leonardo DiCaprio. What I, I read was that he, he was, was upset. upset. Yeah. That she had to be. To me, this sounded like a publicist story of like, oh yeah, we're gonna take that. That Leo was upset because Meryl shouldn't be. Uh, you know, her dignity should not be insulted that she has to be nude in a movie or something. Right. I'm like, right. What the fuck is this yeah. about? Yeah. It's a story about nothing. Yeah. Look, I'm very well aware of McKay's agenda. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. The movie Vice, and we can name others too, his, his narrative. I liked Big Short. Good. I liked Big Short a lot. Right. And I liked Vice, even though Vice. Vice did the same it was, thing. It was a little mean spirited. It was mean spirited. But it was good. But, and I understand the arguments about it being a smug movie. However, I thought it was a, a biting satire and uh, a lot of fun with laugh out loud dialogue and an incredible cast. Yeah. 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 It's too bad you're wrong. Yeah, you're, I was just going to say that to you. No. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess this is our separation. Is I this guess our, so. our final podcast? I guess so. This is it. Hey. What? Hey. What? Do I look pretty? Was oh, that what she says? No, no, no. Wait, what? How Where? do I look? That's what I should say. Yeah. yeah. How, do, how do I look? You. Oh, wait, oh, I know what you're doing now. Yeah. Terrific. Thanks. And the elevator door is closed. Yeah, that's it. And that's the end of our relationship? That's it. You don't want me back next week? Ah, maybe we can open Oh, up. Robert, you do love me. Yeah. Money shots. <laughs> I mean, I guess them getting off the ship at the end yeah. was a money yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. What? This movie felt it felt like a long SNL skit. That's what it felt like. Yeah, I see. But not even the good era of SNL skits. That. That's what it felt like, and it, that's what it, it gives the same feelings of like. All right, you're just you're not being. It's not being intellectually honest. If this was made in the same era of like Caddyshack yeah. or something like that, if this was made yeah. forty years ago, yeah. I think it would have been a better movie. I understand the same movie. Yeah, the same movie forty yeah. years ago. I get that. It's just before, so riddled before, before with the divisiveness. It's so riddled with like the preachiness, and it, you're right. It's smug. It's just it is smug. But again, I wanted to come to the table with you to remind you that it was making fun. I made a whole list of all these things of capitalism in general and Trump and climate. Ch- By the way, I thought the movie was a metaphor for COVID, and I read up yeah, on I this, and so. it really was more of a metaphor for climate change. Okay, Cl- climate change. Okay, but and so, uh, here again, making fun here, of social. So media. let's go with climate change yeah. then. Take what I said earlier right. about this idea of the end is coming, right? It, it's coming, and there's nothing you can say or do about it that's coming. The problem is there are climate change scientists who disagree with themselves, mm-hmm. and and they're, they're, Adam McKay is painting it as as if to say, if you don't believe this thing that I believe, that all these other people believe, then you are a reject scientist. Right? You don't understand the truth. But the problem is all of that stuff is still in theory. I think I'm, I might have mentioned this to you before. A couple of months ago, there was a pivotal study that was turned... That um, I think it came out in Nature. But it was, it was a pivotal study that... Uh, something like 65,000 different climate change papers had been based on this one study and this one study turned out to be incorrect Mm -hmm. 
And you think about how much climate change information that touched that now our calculations are wrong. And they're basically trying to re-figure out all of this stuff about climate change because this one study was like a linchpin and it got pulled because it was incorrect the way that they did it. So why is it that you know that climate change is happening? Why do you know that humans are the cause? There's so much that we don't know. And when you close yourself off to other ideas, maybe it is aliens coming down that are causing climate change. Maybe it's the Knights Templar. I don't fucking know. But it, it, maybe it is humans that are causing global uh, global warming or climate change. But this is the kind of stuff that I find to be dangerous cinema because it winds up getting people entrenched in their ideas and not willing to explore alternate possibilities. And I, I know what you're saying, that it's a biting satire. It is, but it's it's biting without much merit. It, I think that's what's dangerous about it to me. My stockbroker sent me an interesting email. Loaded with statistics, the premise was that as far as climate change, that we're, we're doing reasonably okay. The issue is China. And yeah. all these statistics about numbers of people. And, and there, was, there was also a little joke at the very end. And I, it was like a metaphor. A guy who loses his keys and he can't find them. Someone goes up to him, what are you looking for? My keys. He's under a lamppost. And well, where'd you leave him? Uh, across the street. Then why are you looking for them here? Because the light is brighter. Mm. And I read that. And I got that. I got that. And it, re it resonated with me that we're doing reasonably okay. Sure, we can do better. But it's China. And then the end, it said Leonardo and all the others need to shut the fuck up. That they're just getting the glory and coming across as, as like they matter and they're sexy and blah, blah, blah. The issue is on a different level with on the other side of the planet. I, I don't think you can say that, that America is doing well in no, terms of no, pollution. No. But we could be doing better. Of course we can. But... But I think it's also, how, how do we get better? What's the answer then? Right. And a lot of it is, it's shaming. It's like, it's, it's, it's like self-flagellation, you know? It's like people trying to whip themselves, like that guy from The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's what it is. It's like, we, we've been a bad boy. Right. Okay, if we want to solve this, we, we, what you, do we need to do other than having... You and I have always been solution-based. Right. That goes back to rhetoric and speech, right? Solution based, but instead right. people instead want Greta Thunberg yeah, coming over yeah. and like shame on you. Yeah, yes, yeah. shame on right. you. And it's like, okay, what are these people doing exactly that they need to be shamed for? Right. Because when she screams that at everybody, they all everyone's doing is they're looking around, going, "Yeah, shame on all you got." No one's thinking about themselves being the, the problem. Okay, so what do we do? Electric cars. Let's all get electric cars. All right, but you realize that the grid is not set up for that, and the the electric produ you know producing capabilities wind up causing more pollution in the lung. Yeah, 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 yeah. But electric cars—they're the way. They're the future. So right. we're not really thinking about the results. We're thinking about the effect and how it looks. Right, 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 right. I get that. I get everything you're saying. But I still think you're overanalyzing it. I still found it as a biting satire. I think it was trying to be a biting satire. I enjoyed the movie. I, enjoyed the movie. I, I think the logic behind what they're saying is flawed. That's the problem that I have. Mm -hmm. You didn't like Leonardo in this no. movie? No. I did? No. Robert, everyone's appraising him, his acting. They always do this. 
Every time he does a movie, they come out and be like, he, I did like him in The Revenant. He was pretty good in The Revenant. But every time he comes out with something, they're just like, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, all right, but we agree on Jennifer Lawrence. She was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was good. And Merle. But I actually, I like most of what yeah, Jennifer Lawrence does. Yeah. I, I don't mind. Yeah. She doesn't get on my nerves. I, I do think Leonardo can be great. Yeah. I would I would dare say that he was he was great in in Revenant. I think he was oh, uh, The Departed. He was fantastic. So he's not without uh, you know merit. He can be excellent. His character was so different with that shaggy beard at the beginning, which was trimmed as the right. movie went on and so on. I I I bought it. I did, I, I was, don't I, I don't I also don't buy him as an astronomer. Like no no, no. I, I don't hit. That's the character was not well written. That he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm all into into space and stars and teaching and everything. He's a professor. He's a, his job is to explain complicated math things to people who don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a national stage to do so, and it's like he's never uttered a a thing about the stars before. And he's like, the the space stuff come down here and make ouchie. He was inarticulate on the news show when he's being interviewed. Every show me a scene where he's not ar- ar- right, articulate. Right, right. Every scene he's inarticulate. Yeah. Hey, what about Ron Perlman, huh? As <laughs> like a gung ho John Wayne. I think it we're also flying that ship. We're gonna blow the shit out of it. It doesn't help that every person who was cast in this movie yeah. is outspokenly like anti-conservative liberal, and liberal. like Everyone just, in that movie not just liberal, liberal but like very yeah, I know, liberal I and, know. and very anti-conservative yeah. they're all of them are closed-minded actively like you have to follow this line of thinking or else yeah. but i still liked it yeah that's your problem <laughs> elevator door closing you look terrific <laughs> Um, anti-wave, anti-wave. Well, Robert, yeah. it's the end of the world. I mean, that's I, kind of anti-wave. I, I liked that they died. Yeah, I kept wondering, but I knew they would have to. Well, they'd have to, otherwise they'd be foolish. Right. You, you, they, the writer, right? The they painted themselves right. in the corner. You right. can't write this movie and have them trying to tell everybody that the end of the world is coming. And then it miss at the very end. Right. Then you didn't do your job, right? And then everyone's going, well, why the fuck did we listen to you in the first place? Didn't you find that last scene where they're all having dinner where Leonardo goes back to his, his ex-wife and they have a final dinner with them? Very and forced and un, unrelatable. Uh, no, I found it to be quite moving when all of a sudden we saw the effect. By the way, the special effects are pretty good. Special effects are pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we saw okay. like the walls starting to vibrate and going. And I thought that would... why, why would she forgive him? Yeah, I know. He was know. a piece of shit. I know. I know. Well, that crossed my mind also. Because it's the end of the world, buddy. Kumbaya. S- sorry I cheated on you and like left We're all going to die. Like, Come here and hug me. What the fuck's that all about? That's what I mean. Like this, this it actually was not well written. The gags were well written. You know, there was there was some laugh out loud dialogue. There, there, there was. was a couple of moments. Yeah. I mean, the the part that I really liked the most. Oh, was yeah. Do tell. The, no, this is exciting. The through line that Jennifer Lawrence had of like, why did he charge us? Why did that general you know charge what? us for? I was stuff I was, that was by free. myself howling. Yeah, she couldn't let go of that. Yeah, and I like that moment. I know. I, I, I know. Nice. I know. I know. But yeah, there were a lot of moments in here. I'm yeah. just like, stop, okay. stop, 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 stop. You know what? 
You know what, Ira? It's not as much, but this movie had a big dose of preciousness to it. It was trying to. It was. It was close to Isle of Dogs. I I disagree with the word close, but I understand on the scale. I it, understand your argument. It was argument. too close to that for me. It's too close to that for you. Right. Right. I get that. It wasn't close to Isle of Dolls, but it was on that chart. But you're, you're asking the question. You're trying to move the show along. And I'm sorry, mm, I can't, I can't get okay. over it. I know. Yeah. Is it anti-wave? Yes. Yeah. I have to give well, it. It, it is anti-wave. Yeah. 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 And even the president dies at the end. Yeah. By that Tronosaurus. Yeah. But Hill is okay. Jonah Hill? Yeah. He's back. Remember? Mm-hmm. Gets out of the cave. Mm-hmm. First thing he does, social media, takes a picture of himself, live, Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Woo! Yeah. So we recommend this movie highly, right, Robert? Uh, right, Robert? Yeah. D- did you say your money shots? Did oh, you say what your anti Yeah, all was? I wrote down was Meryl Streep's ass. <laughs> I think them getting out of. Uh, well, yeah, that was... whole thing. That was a very interesting scene. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. All right. Who died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people, they done turned to dust. We lost the following people in the last seven days in the entertainment industry. Carol Speed, a 76 year old American actress, she was in a movie called Abby, Disco Godfather, and Dynamite Brothers. That's right. She's African American. You can tell from the movie titles. Uh, Joe Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, 86-year-old British stuntman, another stuntman who did a lot of movies we're familiar with, including The Avengers. He's also the uh, stunt coordinator on Police Academy and Reindeer Games. Wait a minute. I'm going to go back to what you said. Please. You said you said that she's black and you could tell by the type of movies that was she's that, Was done? that rather racist of me? I, I looked well, into these movies. Well, first of all, no, Abby? That doesn't sound like a black movie. I know, movie. but the other two, Disco Godfather and Dynamite Brothers? And I went to the posters. Well, I, I went to the posters. It, you look yeah. at a poster, you know. If yeah, it's I a saw the posters. Black exploitation yeah, movie or not? Yeah, they were. They were. Okay. W- were they 1970s? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Move on. Corners, corner, silver spotlight award. Not Gene Hackman or Dick Van Dyke. He's still with us. Uh, Mel Brooks or Pepe Le Pew. We lost somebody. I noticed. I, noticed uh, I took that. Are you aware of what I did? Yeah. I removed Betty White. Betty White's you off remember, your list. She was one of the five. I'd rattle off. No, but she's still. Okay, yeah. So I, I guess Pepe Le Pew will be the one that will stay on the longest. <laughs> I love that you noticed that. But, you know, we lost kind of a legend that we're not familiar with. This is one of these guys, Robert, who was so much a part of the Hollywood industry. Mace Newfeld, 93-year-old American producer. Listen to this. He produced or associated produced or he executive produced The Hunt for Red October, in Invictus, uh, The Equalizer. He did The Omen, The Aviator, No Way Out, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, and Sahara. The guy was, I was reading up on him. He was a talent manager. He had connections with, you know, Milton Berle, all those guys, and started producing these films. 93-year-old, and he's dead. Doesn't Mace Newfeld sound like a Star Wars character? Yes. Oh, you have, you have I am your fa- met I, with Mace Newfeld. I know. Piano uh, Corner? No, wait, hold on. What are you say? What are you say? Who of these people do you think will live the longest? On the ones who are Gene still- Hackman, Dick Van Dyke, or Mel Brooks? All right. I've got the answer. Yeah. I think Mel is going to die within a year. Okay. Uh, he lost his wife. He lost his best friend, Carl. So I think he'll die quite soon. And Dick Van Dyke will come next. And then Gene Hackman will be third. I'm going to say Mel, Mel Brooks just hangs on forever. It seems that way. 
So you're flipping. <laughs> you're going Dick Van Dyke will die first, then Mel, then Gene. We haven't heard from Gene in a while. I know. There's a picture of him. I saw a picture of him last week. He's oh? retired. He's thin. He's quite gaunt. Really? He's gaunt. Like, I hope he's well. Like, you might have cancer? Well, uh, that's what crossed my mind. His, his cheekbones were uh, hollow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I started watching a uh, another show while I had the History Channel on. There's a new show that's all about prison breaks starring... Morgan Freeman, he narrates it. Yeah. It's a documentary, but it's all about, like, here's the history of this uh, prison break. And he's looking a little... He is. Yeah. The dots on his face are getting more prominent. But he's also <laughs> slowed down the way that he's... Has he really? Like, he used to kind of talk about this piece. Andy. Andy Dufresne was this yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, but and now... now as now? he's speaking, it's a little bit slower. And wow. And just almost a little too slow. And you're like... Yeah, Morgan... It's still Morgan. Yeah, but he might be on our list. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Hey, celebrity birthdays for the week. You know what? You mentioned Star Wars a moment ago. I did. James Earl Jones, 91. How about that? Huh? Maybe he'll die first. Yeah, we wish him a happy birthday. That's it? That's it. Well, I saw the picture that you're talking about with Gene Hackman. Oh, you already, that's what you're doing. And? Yeah, he's sure. looking old. How does he look? He looks frail. I mean, frail. Yeah, he he looks very thin. Mm -hmm. You're right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe you'll die. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five Meryl Streep movies. This is almost like last week where we had our all-time favorite money shots ever in any movie. Meryl Streep, there's so many to pull. I wonder if we're going to overlap. But you know what? I always ask you, are there going to be a documentary? Probably not. Wait, Meryl an, Streep? An, I know. An animation? Probably not. Oh, Although she, she did it? do voiceover for a few documentaries. But I didn't include uh, them. These are all narrative films. I think we'll probably overlap on I, one. I or think two. we will too, and I think I know which one. Hmm. And I think it might even be our number one. Hmm. No. You want to go first? I'll go first. Number five, 1991, Defending Your Life. Albert Brooks movie. I never saw it. You would love. Really? This do you have movie. it? I don't think I do. Okay. Defending Your Life. It's Albert Brooks yeah. and Meryl Streep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is his crown jewel movie. It It's his crown jewel? Albert yeah. Brooks? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's his crown jewel. Oh, for I think sure. Lost in America. Was, no, I would say like, this Lost is Lost in more America is his crown jewel, no? Okay. I love Lost in America. Right, I think right. Lost in America is a... It, it's a fantastic film. Yeah, but... And I would give it an A. Yeah. This movie is an A+. plus. Wow. And I, I think he's okay. more known for this movie than for Lost in America. Is he really? Okay. I think so. Okay. Do you know the premise of it? No, do tell. Okay, so he, you know, he always plays an advertising agent. Right. And I don't know if you know this, it's because his brother is an, is a an advertising agent. He's like a high-ranking advertisement. So he always when he's looking for a generic job, he's always uh doing this like a uh, advertisement. Anyway, he plays a guy who dies. His brother in real life? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? You know his Bob Einstein. Oh, that's another brother. Yeah. That was Super Dave. Oh, Super Dave a Osborne. Third? 
Hmm? There's a third. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I like Super Dave. Okay, I know there's a third brother. And did you know? You know what their real last name is? Einstein. Einstein. I know. Therefore, it would have been Albert, Albert Einstein. Einstein. Yeah. So he his character is an uh, an advertising executive, which was the same job that he had in Lost in America, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, so he dies, and he goes to it's not heaven. But it's this kind of limbo state. And they're very clear of like, no, it's not heaven. We're just going to you know, hang out and we'll just kind of go through your life and see how you spent your life. And he's very like, so this determines whether we go, whether I go to heaven or hell. And they're like, no, that's not what we said. And, you know, just kind of go, it's very clear like this is like you're going to either go back to earth and relive your, your life or you're going to go to heaven. That's that. It's very clear. But they're not saying it. They refuse to kind of admit that. So he has to every day. He's there. He, he's there for like a week or two, and every day he has to go in. And he has a, a lawyer who kind of advocates for him, which is played by uh, Rip Torn, and he is trying to show that his client has really tried to learn his lesson. But then there's a prosecution who's basically trying to show, like, yeah, but you are a coward in this moment, and you didn't learn your lesson here, and here's what you did. Things like that. So he has to go through his entire life and uh, defend certain moments that he did when he was alive on Earth. Hence defending your life. While he's in this kind of limbo state, he meets um, Meryl Streep, who is just by all accounts perfect. She's clearly moving on to the next stage. And he's pretty obviously not going on to the next stage. And he's probably going to have to go back to Earth. And it's this whole struggle of like i'm pretty obviously gonna have to go back and you're moving on and i'm starting to fall in love with you and what do i do in this situation it's a great movie wow it's peak albert brooks i will watch it yeah anyway defending your life so that's your number five five what do you got what's your number four five my number five five is a movie we spoke about a little bit tonight and last week Mm -hmm. too and last week also with Dustin Hoffman, mm-hmm. with The Elevator. Mm-hmm. Kramer versus Kramer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The year being 1979. Yeah, yeah, 79. I would have said 82, I think. Yeah. So that would have been a few years off. You cut me off. She. Oh, I did? No, oh. I, I said 80. Yeah, but then I thought you were done, but yeah. I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. She was quite wonderful in playing that part. Yeah, I remember and really liking her. I just her. really liked her and him. And, um, and... Put down the gun, Richard. <laughs> Richard. And then she showed up at the yeah. dam. Yeah. And she had one arm. And she said, I care. <laughs> I care. That's my number five. Number four. And I love the music to Kramer. I have the soundtrack. I don't remember I the music I just love at all. the music. Okay, go ahead. My number four from 2002 starring Nicolas Cage. Wait, 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 wait. Let me think. Let me think. She's in a movie with Nicolas Cage? With Nicolas Cage. She's in a Wait, 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 wait. Although... I don't think do they share any scenes? I don't think they share any scenes. I I can't. She's in a movie with Nicolas Cage. I'm going to say that a third Cage. time. Yeah. This might be the best movie Nicolas Cage has ever done too. 2002 adaptation. Oh, what a movie. That movie is like <laughs> Talk about having your mind blown. I saw it twice. That movie is yeah. it's a trip. He was also very good that movie, Nick Cage. That's what I said. Oh, did you just say that? I, did. I should listen to you more. Yeah, you should. She was, yeah. Wow. What a trippy movie. 
But it worked. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who was the? Tell me the filmmaker. What's his name? Well, again? Spike Jones directed yeah. it, yeah. but yeah. the guy who uh, wrote, what's his name? The guy that wrote it. Um, he also wrote um, Being John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll, I'll look it up. I can't, I can't okay. think of his name at the moment. But he is known for writing like the cra- Charlie Kaufman. That's who. That's it, was. it. Kaufman and Charlie Kaufman. The right stuff. What? Am I wrong? Charlie like, Kaufman wrote the. Nah, I must no. be wrong on that one. Okay. Aren't I? I don't think so. Nah. Now, yeah, what do I know? The right stuff. Who wrote it? Well, hold on. Yeah, we, okay. we got too much. To, we got too to much to do here. Okay. So, uh, anyway, yeah. in adaptation, um, the whole movie is all about how hard it is to adapt this book into a movie, and it's about finding this this orchid in a remote swamp or something like that. And Charlie Kaufman is a character in the movie trying to write this movie. It's, it's a very meta movie. Right. And it starts bordering on bizarre, but yes. And I have the answer by the way. Yes. I, it's another Kaufman. It's another Kaufman who wrote the right stuff, who also did the second invasion of body snatchers. Are you with me on that? It's a different Kaufman. Now we're going to find out if I really have lost it. Philip Kaufman. How about that? So there you go. Philip Kaufman did those two movies. Yes. Okay. I feel better now. <laughs> so have, Charlie have Kaufman. To, Charlie. To, don't totally ever different Charlie Kaufman. and Philip. They're quite... Yeah. Remember, Charlie Kaufman, I think he wrote... And I think he even directed... I'm thinking of ending things. He directed it as well. That was the, the weirdo... Remember the really, really weird movie that we saw? Yeah. Do you Wait, remember I'm, this? No, I don't. Where the the couple was going to have dinner with they were oh like on a road God. trip to yes. the, the guy's parents' I house. Remember the school gymnasium. And then went to the, the school gym. Yeah, yeah. What a weird trippy movie there it was. Yep. Yep. So that's Charlie Kaufman's mind. Right. I right. don't think that mind creates the right stuff. That's very funny. Or or even the second invasion of the body snatchers. Right. 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 But the director of her That's Spike is Jones. Spike Jones who directed Adaptation. Adaptation. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, yeah see? Okay. Yeah. What do you got? What's number four? I wonder if it's on your list. We've talked about it a lot. She's in the movie. Not a whole, whole lot, but she's fucking brilliant, the laundromat. And the laundromat's on my list. That's my number t- three. Good. It's my number four. Yeah. It's my number four. Directed by your buddy, mm-hmm. Steve. I always forget, because I do a little, after I lock in the movie, I read a little bit about it. I forgot Gary Oldman. Was at the, of those two. Yeah, he was in the movie. He was in the movie it's, as yeah, well? Yeah, it's hard to believe. Him and Antonio Benderas? Yes, yes. And I know These you narrators? I, yeah, yes, yes. And that movie was pretty weird too. Like it Especially was. at the beginning, like, what am I watching? Yes. What is this? And I know we've talked about the ending scene mm-hmm. where she takes off her makeup and takes off her from, and, she, and it's as she becomes Meryl yeah. talking to the camera. And only she could pull that off. Only she could pull that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my number four laundromat. The well, year being 2000. Well, it's on your list. It's on my list. Yeah. yeah. So it's tw- 2019. Yeah. Um, not only that scene, and yes, that scene, but even little things like when she went down to the islands and was. Uh, first of all, the uh, opening sequence with them on the boat. Remember the boat getting capsized when they were on that yeah. little tourist boat? Yeah. And that was quite a scene. But when she went down to the island and was kind of exploring the island for the first time 
It's just the way she crossed the street. There was something yeah. so magnetic That's about the way right. she was doing that. She That's was right. carrying like a suitcase, a briefcase or something with her. Anyway, that was my number three. I, I totally I agree. like what you said, by the way, quick tangent. Yeah. That, you know, that she's probably, she is the actress of this generation who would be the male counterpart. And, you know, I recommended, I suggested one person and you also suggested Anthony another. Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is what I said, but I love what you said. Robert Duvall. Yes. And both of them could fit in that category. Yeah. I was also thinking about it too. I think Meryl Streep is the actress who everyone respects, but especially up and coming actresses. They all oh, worship at the at the altar. I Meryl was Street. doing research and they've said that. In, let me just give a, this is a quick, in The Devil Wears Prada, where Anne Hathaway mm -hmm. said she was so generous and being there for me and giving me the icon. She was on board to make me look good. That's yeah. what Anne Hathaway said. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think that something about Meryl Streep is that she, I really think, um, I, I don't think she's insufferable. I think she's got to be the kind of person who understands. I, I think when she takes on the role to play Donald Trump, essentially, I think she looks at it from what is Donald Trump's point of view? Yeah. Let me try to figure this out. Even if I don't agree with it, yeah. let me try to figure yeah. out yeah. what the role is. D do you recall the character that she was playing in the laundromat? I mean, we've been focusing on the last scene, but do you remember the the like heavy-set Latino woman with the nails and everything? That's right. I, we haven't talked about that. I but forgot about that. She was amazing. I forgot about that. Now, wait a minute. This was two years ago. And <laughs> And we just I've, got through you writing me last episode about a bunch of stuff that I couldn't remove, remember five years ago. But she was so fucking good that she was invisible. Oh, yeah. And that's my excuse for not forgetting that that was her. I guess. Oh. She was really amazing in that movie. I forgot about that. Yeah. She played two characters. Yes, yes. So uh, Laundromat is a great example of what she can do. I just she... want to say, too, about – I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. But when she did win, like, her second or third Oscar, being not at that time being nominated for 19 times, and when she got up – the first thing she said was, oh, not her again. Yeah. And the way she said that was so self-affate – you just yeah. wrap your arms around that self – yeah, oh, not her again. She rolled her eyes. Well, she just owned if you're the room, that said, good, yes. it transcends yeah. any of the bullshit stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if you're that talented, you can say things that will piss off the other political side and people will still go yeah. see you because yeah. you're that yeah. there you fucking go. There good. You, go. Yeah. you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Do whatever you want if you're that good. Yeah. It, Michael Jackson can apparently rape little boys and people will still buy his albums you if you're there that you go. good. There you go. There you go. Good. Where are we? So laundromat. That was my number three. That was. Oh, that's right. So that's your number three. So it's my number three. Yeah. I gave it away a couple of minutes ago, but I am saying the devil wears Prada. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, by the way, the year of that movie being 20. I'm going to say 2010. Oh, six. Oh, uh, six. That was yeah, a little yeah. late. Yeah. She play a lot of people say uh, do you know who anna winter do you know who that is and she's the editor of vogue mm. and she patterned the role after her but they couldn't call her that name and anna winters she's 
can be a bitch and very difficult to be with. Although when she's been on David Letterman, you see a different side to her mm. that she's a little bit playful and she gets her own image. So it was patterned after her. And again, I did some research on this and what, what Meryl did was whisper and talk softly to bring it down instead of being up high. Mm -hmm. And that worked. That worked. Uh, Anne Hathaway was in that. So was Emily, Emily Blunt said the same thing uh, about how wonderful she was to work with and Jennifer Lawrence has said the same thing about her is that right yeah, Jennifer, yeah. I, I, I think okay. we could sit here and go through enough, 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 yeah, right. Yeah. but brought to a whisper and she what am I trying to say in the Devil Wears Prada it could have been a cartoon mm -hmm. it could have been a caricature nothing more but she brought it on a different level and made it real Devil Wears Prada that's my number three my number two is a movie <laughs> I don't think we've talked about on this show really and it's one of my favorites of hers 1983. She's in the movie with Kurt Russell. And she's in a movie with Kurt Russell? With Kurt Wait, Russell. Wait, I had a hard time with Nicolas Cage. I know. Now you're expecting me to go with Kurt Russell? Kurt I Russell. love Kurt Russell, yep. but I can't picture him in a movie with her. And I'm going to tell you the other person that was in this movie, yeah. and it's going to answer the question for you. Kurt Russell and Cher. <laughs> maybe not maybe this won't answer the question for you the look on your face right now she was in a movie with Cher and Kurt Russell and I don't think we've talked about it very very much if we if, if we brought it up at all it's very rarely and the name of this movie is Silkwood Silkwood I never saw Silkwood you didn't no mm. yeah well it's good yeah they're both everybody in that movie is great Kurt Russell. You, you know what it's about, No, right? do tell. Well, they work at a nuclear facility. Right. And Right, that's right. They're having like problems. You know, there's definitely like relationship problems and everything. And then they wind up getting exposed uh, to some radioactive material. And then their whole lives start to change. And they have to do this scrub down. And you know the, that's where the whole term like silkwood shower comes from. Right. Is right. They basically have to scrub you really really hard to get all this radioactive right. material off of you and and um and the the scene where she gets scrubbed down is like yeesh it's pretty bad pretty rough do you see her ass oh yeah oh, that's two movies where I she think her and Cher I think they both get scrubbed down at the same time do you have it no no I, I don't <gasps> think I do Silkwood got it anyway that's my number two yeah you're going to be surprised with my number two. It's like, you'll go, okay. You'll do that. Are you ready? Okay. The River, okay. <laughs> the River Wild. No. I want to tell the you. The River Wild she, is great. She, it's a great movie, and she's really, really she good in it. made the movie. Thank you. Yeah. I, I Wait, disagree. You're saying Kevin Bacon didn't make that movie? I, Kevin I know. Bacon was not Bacon bad. Bacon was great. He was great. He did what he had to a do. A River Wild. Yes. It should have been totally disposable and just but, like who cares it was a great it movie it really really was and she was fantastic she was fantastic and i felt funny putting his number putting my top five no, putting his number two it's my I number thought, one no i'm kidding oh, but i thought no i'm going to embrace this the river wild the year of that movie is being is 1996 94 uh, uh curtis hansen by the way he he directed that google him he's done a lot of good movies and um, with Kevin Bacon, who's our great bad guy, but she just makes it work, doesn't she? Yep. Yeah. 
My number one. We're going to have the same one. No, we have not. to. No. no. Yeah, you're kidding right now. You're being sarcastic. No, you're. we've gone around in a circle. I don't think you've seen my number one. We're not going to match on our number one. We're not going to overlap. I don't think so. You've seen the French Lieutenant's woman? Is that your number one? No. No. <laughs> no, I know. I, th- I think I know what you're going to say for your number yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's you my do. Scoop. No. Oh, okay. My number one is from 2008 with Philip Seymour Hoffman, Doubt. I never saw Doubt. Yeah. Everyone was talking about that movie when it was first out. <laughs> Everyone was talking about that movie. I think is, I know I know what you're gonna say. I know the movie that you're gonna of say. Of course you do. Of course. And you it do. makes sense that one would say that, yeah. and it, it makes sense that that's what she'll be remembered for when she dies. And she's good in that movie. She really is. But I think she's actually turned out better performances. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's turned out a better performance than Doubt. I think she has matched, but never beaten what she did with Doubt. She's fantastic. the The premise of doubt is uh, there's a a boy who has been. I can't remember if he. Okay, there's a a pastor at a church, a, pre- a preacher at a, a, a church, and, the, and a nun, and she accuses him of molesting children, and and he says he has not. And the whole movie comes down to whether or not, who do we doubt? And it's like both sides of their story. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is close with the kids, but is it inappropriate? Or is that kind of his role to be, uh, you know, a guy, a teacher to these kids, an inspirational figure? And the kids got into (coughs) some alcohol. And the question is, also, like, did he ply them with alcohol in order to like, push sexual stuff on them? Or did they get into the alcohol on their own? And there's all of these questions that, that you both characters make such great arguments for. Every single time yeah. they talk, you're going, oh, I don't know who to what believe. What does she play? She plays what? She plays no, the nun who's oh, accusing him of, yeah. of what, you know. Yeah. Of the, and she's a stern woman who's like you know you shouldn't be that close with those kids and she's just really kind of cold and detached but she makes some really good points and where whereas he is a a lot more kind of relaxed and like "Eh, come on it's it's the kids you know and and you're like yeah i like you but also you could be a creep and it's it's a very interesting dynamic right right. and the um and viola davis comes in she's i think she's only in it for like one or maybe two scenes and she knocks it out of the park too because it's her son that has been involved in all this and she just fucking hits a home run it it's it's a clinic in acting philip seymour hoffman viola davis and meryl streep just acting their asses off yeah anyway what's your number one is it weird that philip seymour hoffman ended his life isn't that i mean just isn't it I, I think it was about, a gun. I think it was with a gun. No, was a gun I thought it was, was it, drugs. Was, was it drugs? Yeah. But I, I think there's certain people that... Could you imagine what the rest of the 90s and 2000s would have been like if we'd had John Candy? Yeah. If we'd had uh, more Seymour. time with Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah. If, if we just had more time with uh, John Belushi? Like, what would we have gotten if we just yeah. had some more time with some of these people? 
Don't you wonder about the demons that people wrestle with? What, I don't give a shit about that. I'm talking about their problems. You're, you're talking about their art. What we could get out of it. That was very me-oriented of your view. What I could see. I could see more. Yeah, but what's going on inside him? No, I don't fucking care about that. that. I mean, imagine if we'd gotten more years of Chevy Chase. <laughs> imagine well, if like we'd actually gotten, I don't know, just more stuff with like Dan Aykroyd. People that like yeah. could have made a difference if they had actually lived a little bit longer. I'm not sure if you're being a little bit tongue-in-cheek with your specific of, of, um, of Chevy Chase right mm-hmm. now. But the others I appreciate. Yeah. Imagine if Tom Cruise had lived just a little bit hey, longer. Hey, you paid him a great compliment. I've What's heard that? you say this. One thing about Tom. When he does a movie, he never phones it in. No. He's committed and gives 100%. I actually, you said that. I started to really respect true. him more because of that. Yes. And, and I, when I thought about that, as I want, you're right. Yeah. He, I, he commits goes all out. to it. He goes all out to make a movie work. Yeah, they push back. Mission Impossible again. Did you hear about this? No, because uh, of people are, are really upset because they're they're not releasing it. They pushed it back to 2023, no. and then the Mission Impossible Eight is now 2024. And so people. Are, wow. Man. And I remember too, a, over a year ago, when that audio tape leaked, where he was berating and screaming at the crew. And even though you disagree with the mask argument, you still respected him. Oh, for sure. Because that film was almost like a test. People were seeing if it's going to be uh, contagious, and and his, the crew was working largely without masks. He ripped into them. No, they weren't really, social distancing. There was, That's no, what not was. social distancing, and he was the executive producer. Yeah. So he did the right thing, even though you would disagree with his premise. But you got well, it. You got. I I wouldn't respect. disagree with his premise but in that he's the condition that's his role. The condition of the employment was that you have to wear a right, mask. Right. I think if he had said, listen, we want to hire you for this movie, but only if you're willing to wear a mask, are you And okay they agree to that? it, and right. then he sees they're not. Right. Right, right. Number one, Sophie's, Sophie's Choice. Choice. <laughs> the year, 1982. Very good. You're very consistent with your one-year thing. Um, it, 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 I saw that in the theater when it first came out, and I was obviously mesmerized, and it was so disturbing about choosing um kevin klein that was his first he's very good in that oh, yeah. film i thought by the way i want to say pakula alan shape pakula google him people uh ghostbusters that, 2 uh, no no yeah alan shape pakula no what are you being serious yeah no we're talking to kill a mockingbird you haven't confused with somebody else ghostbusters 2 all right who'll have the answer no i am confusing with somebody else yeah who am I? Th- I'm, I'm thinking of the other guy from Sophie's Choice. That's the that's the producer. What's the guy's name? Oh. Peter uh, Mac- oh. McNall. Yeah, yeah. It goes to yeah, yeah. Um, it was a riveting performance, obviously, and she pulled off that accent flawlessly. And um, I was quite moved by it, as were many people. That's my number one, Sophie's Choice. But my real number one, Robert. Yeah. Mamma Mia. Yuck. Just kidding. Okay. Um, I what are your scoops? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, movies that I saw her in and really appreciated: uh, Julie and Julia, where she was Julia Childs. She was. Did you see that movie? Yeah, I didn't she see was it. Really, I, I saw clips from it. Good stuff. in that. I liked the movie Heartburn. I think that was with Jack Nicholson. It was a lighthearted, but it, she was very good in that movie. Postcards from the Edge, um, Prairie Home Companion. Mm. You didn't like that? She mm. did her own singing, 
and I liked the film. You didn't you didn't care for it. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. Uh, what about Ricky and the Flash? Are you familiar with I this movie? I didn't see that. And she's a rock star. She's a rock star. And she hmm. did her own singing that movie, too. And then, of course, I had to include A Cry in the Dark with the famous line. Say I it. think I ate my baby. She was good in that. She was really, really good in that movie, too. What do you got? I can't believe that you didn't even mention yeah. the deer hunter. I never saw it. Remember? Right. Last year I told you that. Yep, you had the same reaction. The Bridges of Madison County? I think I only saw half of it. Yeah. You know, that movie. She's very good. Let yeah. me tell you something about Bridges of Madison County. That, that is one of those movies that you look at, not you, but a person looks at and they go, why the fuck would I want to watch Bridges of Madison County? And then when you watch it, you go, why the fuck am I watching this? I don't give a shit about this. And then by the end, you are crying, going, this is so good. That's what that movie is. Was that Clint? Clint, Clint Eastwood, Eastwood. Yeah. yeah. It's the ending of that movie especially is really a very powerful movie. Yeah. Uh, Sophie's Choice. And I mentioned earlier, the worst movie she's done, in my opinion, yeah. is The French Lieutenant's Woman. It's so boring and it's just it's she's not even bad it's just like the fuck am i watch i don't i don't give a shit so that's that's uh that's the worst one i never saw it i saw the consider yourself trailer. lucky i saw the trailer and i decided i need to see this yeah you don't need to see where it. she's like sitting on a rock yes yeah, and we see her silhouette draped in yeah black. And you know that she's shot. like you know well, that shot it's every figured, shot she like yeah, just figured, wanders around on the beaches movie. and like i don't know you're just sitting on rocks all the time yeah. get over it yeah Woo! All right, hey. he died this week. What? What? Robert? Hmm? What? We did that? that. We was did it? our segments. Did we? We're done, buddy. Oh. Yeah. Oh, now we slide into. Wait, you who know, died this week? Though? No, 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 buddy. You're a little what? bit mixed up. What? We did that. I'll do it again. Okay. Okay. So in the news? Uh, no, buddy. We did that segment too. Yeah. What? And I need you now to slide into our. our okay. Wrap so up. let's talk about the movie. No, no, buddy. We did that too. But, yeah. Now you know what's time for. What? Howdy, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) If people have some... I was just trying to continue our theme of being all over the place for this show. Oh. So that's your (laughs) tie-in? So it's not going to tie in (laughs) the movie? God, I hope... Okay. Um, (laughs) That was weird. a mess. Yeah, yeah. My head's exploding again. (laughs) It's the fourth time. (laughs) If people have some Meryl Streep movies that we didn't mention... What should they do? They should reach out to us. How? Well, they could write us an email. Where? I'm really Robert put, down, put down the gun, Richard. <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. Richard? Richard? I don't care. Uh they can reach out to us through Robert at anywaypodcast.com or and slash or Ira at anywaypodcast. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter and Instagram. Our handle there is at AntiwayPod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the comets hurtling towards us from the outer cosmos. Yeah. We are all yeah, over the that. place. Uh, please find us on Google Podcast Music. We're on uh, right, right Reviews. We like reviews, certainly, too. We're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on uh, Spotify. And just go to uh, iTunes. Go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira. What? What do you... What? Next week. What? No, come on. What? What do you mean, what? what? Are we doing another one? We're going to do another one. rest. Yeah. Am I going to do this for another five years? Yeah. Another five years? Guess what? what? Guess what we're going to do? What? No, you got to guess. You have a movie in mind, do you? I, I do. We haven't discussed this, so I don't know what it is. Oh, but I know what we're going to do. Well, first of all, you'd like to discuss it with me before you make this decision without including your, sure. your, your comrade. 
Yeah, okay, but I, I know what movie we're going to do. No, you're missing the point. Hmm? We're a team. Hmm? We're a team. We're like an well-oiled machine. Yeah, anyway, you want to know what movie we're going to do? Yeah, please tell me. It's called Kimi. See me? Kimi. Kimi? Kimi. Kimi. You know, I went out with a girl named Kimi. I bet you did. Yeah, a little Asian. Yeah, it's a... Kimi? It's called Kimi. It's give, a give us the one sentence. thriller. It's a I'll, thr- I'll, I'll read it to yeah, you. Yeah, dude. An agoraphobic Seattle tech worker uncovers evidence of a crime. Yeah, is her name Kimi? I think so. Is she Asian? It's Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> so we're going to do Kimi next. Kimi it is. All right. Kimi. Like, <laughs> what do you want to do now? Let's thank producer Joy for doing a great oh, yeah, job. That's it. Hey, Robert. Yeah? What do you want to do? Let's, let's, let's go bowling. Miniature golf. Ice skating. And now, let's go for in the news. <laughs> Richard. So until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. Guys, we got to come up with something better. What do you got? What do you got?